welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Well, welcome. Uh, As uh, Jeff mentioned, if you brought a Bible, you can open up to Acts chapter 14 or click over there on your device. And if you're kind of new to the Bible, um, the the book of Acts is in the New Testament. So it's right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you'll find the book of Acts. And we're going to be in chapter 14 this morning. And so... um, you know, as we're going there, we're kind of getting ready for that passage and that discussion today. Uh, let me say this first. Uh, good morning and welcome to Lighthouse Community. And if we haven't met met yet, my name is Fritz and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. And oh man, <laughs> you have no idea what's about to be said. Anybody anybody who woohoos now has to co-teach uh, with me this morning. <laughs> if you were like, oh, I rescind my woohoo. <laughs> um, but really glad you're here. I want to welcome uh, everybody who's with us on campus today. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us at our online campus and give a special shout out to our Bluffton community location. Uh, We are so glad that you guys are here and what God's doing down in Bluffton. So uh, yeah, really good stuff happening down there. Um, I wanted to let you guys know is, is yesterday about 80 people from around 10 churches across Ohio uh, came together and met right here at Lighthouse Community. Um, and, and then uh, the short of it is we went into the city of Finley to offer people prayer uh, and, and see where God would open up doors for us to be able to share the gospel. And so um, a little bit later this morning, you're going to get to hear some stories um, and what kind of happened with that and what God did uh, through that time yesterday. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about and we think about evangelism or sharing the gospel, uh, for believers, there's so many emotions that come into our minds um, and into our hearts. You know, emotions like frustration um, could be like guilt, <laughs> you know, when it comes to that. Uh, you could have uh, emotions like confusion. You know, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do or say. You might have, uh, like, you might even feel like despair, right? Like, I could, I could never uh, do those kinds of things. Uh, and, and then I think, too, like, we just experience a level of fear, right? Um, I just, oh, what's going to happen? How do I know? What about this? What about that? All of those emotions come in. And, and what happens many times is we actually allow those emotions to overrule and make decisions on our behalf on what we'll do and what we won't do. And for a lot of us, it ends up becoming this thing where we, uh, we actually don't tell other people um, about who Jesus is. We actually don't share the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we don't tell other people about the greatest moment in all of history. Um, we don't really make it clear who it is that we say is actually the greatest most important person in our lives, right? And, and, and so those emotions kind of begin to drive. The, the other side of that, too, is you actually have um, believers uh, who have bought into the cultural idea that uh, matters of faith are actually a private thing. And so you don't talk about faith, and you don't talk about you know, uh, what that looks like and what that means. You just keep that to yourself, and you let everybody figure out 
to believe whatever it is that they want to believe. And so what happens with that is you've got an entire world full of people uh, who are like trying to figure out meaning and purpose, but actually don't really know where to start. You know, where, where is uh, objective, eternal truth? Where do I even find uh, things like that? And they're aimlessly looking for hope and truth, but they actually don't really, even really know where to begin, right? And so uh, for too many... What happens is we simply don't talk about Jesus. We simply don't talk about the gospel outside of our church family. Um, we don't really talk about Jesus outside of our small group. Uh, we don't really talk about the good news outside of our circle of influence that people we know are you know, kind of already there or already in agreement. And, and what happens is the greatest message uh, ever kind of goes left unshared and kind of sitting on the shelf to a degree. And, and so when you look at the Bible, and especially when you look at the book of Acts, uh, the book of Acts paints a very, very different picture uh, of what all of that looks like. And so my hope is that after today... We'll all have like this different perspective, not brought about by like compulsion or, or guilt or anything along those lines, but rather uh, we would be compelled by Christ's love. Uh, we would catch the vision of what can happen when the body of Christ begins to clearly share uh, the greatest hope in all of the world. And we'll see that all in a different light. And so if you're opened up to uh, Acts chapter 14, uh, I want to read a few passages for you. I'm going to read a couple passages. We'll stop. We'll talk about it. Read a few few more passages and things like that. But we're going to start in Acts 14, verse 21, okay? And this is, this is what it says. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. That's what's on the screen, but you can follow along with what you have. Um, it says this, uh, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so let me just say this very quickly, because maybe you guys are going, who's they? Right? You just started off with they. Who is they? Uh, well, they uh, are, are two guys by the name of Paul and Barnabas. Maybe some of you are really familiar with them. Maybe some of you actually have no idea what those names mean. Uh, and so let me just give you a quick backstory. Uh, Paul is actually a Roman Jew who used the first part of his life actually trying to destroy the church, uh, trying to stop the work of Jesus, okay? Uh, he actually traveled around uh, arresting believers, throwing them in prison. He stood in approval as some disciples were being killed uh, for their faith, right? And so one day, Paul's life was literally transformed when he met, right? He met face-to-face the resurrected Jesus Christ, okay? He's actually on his way on a mission to arrest some believers in a city called Damascus, and on the road to Damascus, he meets the resurrected Christ, and long story short, his life is transformed, and he goes from being someone who is hunting down Christians, and he now becomes like the biggest proponent of like making disciples and sharing the gospel uh, of nearly anybody we've ever seen, right? God actually uses him to write a majority of our New Testament uh, that we have today, right? So this radical transformation through meeting Jesus Christ. And then Barnabas, 
Uh, he's a Jew who came to faith at some point uh, after Jesus uh, was resurrected. We don't know exactly when, um, but he's a Jew who comes to faith, um, and uh, he was a key player in the life of the church, especially in leading the way when it comes to generosity, when it comes to disciple-making through kind of like standing in the gap on behalf of newer believers and, and encouraging people up and helping them to take steps of growth. Uh, and he was a, a real ministry partner. Uh, Paul and Barnabas traveled together uh, quite a bit early on sharing the gospel uh, all throughout Asia Minor, Minor and the Middle East there. And so uh, that's, that's the they, okay? So Paul and Barnabas are the they. And what's been happening here is they've been on a mission trip uh, traveling throughout Asia Minor, sharing the gospel in all kinds of different cities. They're making disciples, and they're coming to the place where they're recognizing where the trip uh, is kind of becoming to an end. And so they're starting to make their way home. And, and as they did make their way home, what they did is they stopped back through some cities where they had already visited, uh, and they said, let's go back to some of those cities, and we're going to strengthen those new believers, right? We're, and so what the Scripture says, says uh, they strengthened them, they encouraged them, they kind of were clear about, hey, there's going to be some challenges as you go ahead in your faith in Jesus Christ. So just be prepared for that, right? Uh, ESV calls them tribulations. Um, but they kind of prepared them for that. And then they also set up some leadership, right? They're called elders. And so these elders were going to be there to care and to give guidance and to kind of give leadership for, uh, for the churches in these cities. And so let me, let me pause there for just a quick moment. This is, what, this is what real discipleship looks like, by the way. Like that's, this, is what, this is what legitimate biblical discipleship looks like. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, real discipleship is so much more than like convincing somebody to pray a prayer, you know, that they recite after you, and then you're like, you know, awesome, you're in. Later, skater, you know, and you're like out of here, and you're just like, good luck to you. Um, right? That's not legitimate biblical discipleship. Rather, real biblical discipleship and disciple-making is this. It's like, you know, uh, God uses you to share the gospel with somebody, and maybe you even get to see them cross the line of faith. But if that's the case, right, and you get to be a part of that, then it's like, hey, it, it's on the church, not, not some you know, ethereal force out there that just does stuff, but it's actually on the church to clearly walk with people who say yes to Jesus Christ, especially new believers. And so it's not we get them to pray a prayer and we take off, but rather we, we show them who Jesus Christ is. The Holy Spirit uh, makes the real invitation for them to come to faith. And then what, what do we do? We stay, right? Like we stay and, and we check in with them and, and we spend time with them and we show them who God really is and his character and actually how to resist um, old unhelpful thoughts about God and life in the world. And we show them truth from the scripture, right? We help new believers take real steps of growth. Uh, we help them learn how to hear God's voice through, through scripture and through prayer and through biblical community, right? Like all of those things. And so what, what's happening here is, is Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, um, he's giving us a real clear vision of what like legitimate disciple-making looks like. And then you look at verse 24, right? And it says this. 
Then, then they passed through Pisidia and came to uh, Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia. And we're going to pause there for just a quick second. Because um, what happens is they start heading home to Antioch. But I want you to notice what happened as they traveled home. Do you see what's happening like while they're on their way home? Like the, the, like, the mission is kind of over, so to say. But they're still like making their way home. Do you see what they're still doing? Like even as they're traveling home, they're... They're still sharing the gospel, right? Like, they're still making disciples. Like, the mission isn't over. Like, even though they're done and they're, and they're returning home, they're still doing They're still telling others about Jesus. And, and quite frankly, that's exactly what Jesus commanded, Matthew 28, 19, right? Therefore, uh, as you're going, make disciples of all the nations. And so you have Paul and Barnabas. They're going home. And so as they're going, they just keep making disciples. And I think what's really key to bring out in there is like sharing the gospel is not like a project that we spend just doing on a Saturday or, or we take a trip to some, you know, country outside of the U.S. and then we count that as our duty. Like, hey, I shared the gospel this year. I'm good, you know, or whatever it is um, that you do. But rather, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that as we're going, it's actually normal for believers who have actually put their faith in Jesus Christ and have the Holy Spirit living within them, it's normal to talk about Jesus as we're going. Like to talk about Jesus with our family members and our, and our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends and, and, and people we come across, right? And so uh, that's just normal for people who say yes to Jesus' leadership in their lives. So they're going. They're on their way home. Look at verse 26. And from there, they sailed to Antioch. Uh, so this is a different Antioch. This is kind of more in the Middle East. The other one was kind of in Asia Minor. Um, but they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. And so maybe you're asking the question, you go, why did they sail to Antioch? Why did they go there? They could have gone anywhere. Wouldn't you go back to Jerusalem? I mean, isn't that where like, everything was happening in the center of all those different types of things? Well, the reason they go to Antioch is because that's actually where this mission started. If you go back to Acts chapter 13, we won't go there right now, but if you go back to Acts 13, what happens is you'll see the story where the church in Antioch, um, there's like Paul and Barnabas are part of this teaching team, um, and the church is in this time of worship. They're gathering together, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit says, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them, right? And so the church is fasting and praying and making sure, like, did we hear right from, from God and the Holy Spirit in this situation, right? And, and they're like, yeah. So there's like, hey, since Jesus is king, we're going to obey. And they send off Paul and Barnabas. And so that's what happens. Paul and Barnabas go off, and they stir the gospel out. And so what they do is when, when that trip is over, they return back home to share the stories of what God had done with their home church, to share stories of what God had done with their church, with the church family who had sent them, the church family who had, who had affirmed that they had all heard uh, from God together, the church family that prayed for them, the church family that fasted with them, the church family that loved them, right? And they come back and share the stories with them. And so what do they do? Paul and Barnabas come home, and word spreads out, hey, you know, P and B are back. Uh, you know, and they're like, come on, get together, get together, get together. And so they all get back together. And, and they start sharing stories. And they share stories of things like when Sergius, the proconsul of uh, Salamis, came to faith. Right? They're like telling that story. It's like, wow! 
wow, this, this like government affair, well, this is incredible. And then they share the story when they were in you know, Pisidia, and they faced like this great opposition from people who didn't want to hear what they had to say. But at the same time, God led many people to say yes uh, and, and come to faith in Jesus Christ during that time. By the way, let me just say this very quickly. That is a constant partnering thing. Faith, like real faith and opposition go hand in hand. Actually, every time you read through Acts, and, and even in our own context, um, faith, like real genuine faith and opposition tend to travel side by side, okay? So typically, there's not going to be a scenario where you're sharing the gospel and like everything's like great and awesome, and everybody's like, yes, 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 right? It's like, that's not common. Actually, if people are like, no, <laughs> I don't want God, and I hate you, uh, right? Like, there's, uh, that can happen. It's not common. It's not common, but it can happen. Um, but uh, so they, they've got that opposition uh, going on there. Uh, then they told of the time when they came, when lots of people came to faith in Lystra, and then what happened was some people from Pisidia and Iconium, they showed up to Lystra because they heard what was going on, and they caused all kinds of problems, and it got so heated, they actually stoned Paul. They took, like, large rocks and just dropped them on him, uh, actually until they thought he was dead. And they just left him outside the city, assuming he was dead, and they went back to doing whatever they did. Um, you know what? Do you know Paul? He actually didn't die. Uh, you know what he did when he got up after being, like, crushed with large rocks? He got up. And he went back into that same city that he just got, right? He was in and got stoned from. Um, and, and, and then he got out of there, <laughs> right? Because mama didn't raise no fool. Uh, but uh, listen, so, so they come back to Antioch. And, uh, and they're telling all of these stories, right, of what God had done. And it's incredible. Can you imagine for just a moment how excited and how encouraged all these believers in Antioch are hearing these stories, to hear of God's work in other cities and in other nations and among other people like, oh my goodness, wow. Can you, because you think about this. This was the church where they heard God together say, set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work I have for them. And so now Paul and Barnabas are coming back and saying, hey, this is everything that God did during our time. Can you imagine that church family going, we, we did hear from God. We, we, we were not crazy. We actually heard what God had to say, and, and we obeyed. Can you imagine how energized they were to be able to hear those stories and recognize, wow, God, we heard from God, we said yes, and look at what he's done, right? Just absolutely remarkable. And so what we're going to do this morning is uh, I'm going to invite a few people uh, who went out yesterday to share the gospel. I'm going to invite them in just a moment to come up and join uh, on, on stage here. Uh, Bluffton Community, you guys are actually also going to be hearing uh, from some people right there uh, in Bluffton who were with us yesterday. And so uh, actually at this point right now, I'm going to hand it over to, to Ben Till and, and your team over there, and you guys uh, can actually hear some of the stories of how God used them in remarkable ways right now. And so uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to share some stories. I can't wait for you to hear some of these stories. So I'm going to invite out a, a couple of people. And so I'm going to invite up uh, Eris Mojica. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if you'll grab a stool while you come up here uh, so you have a place to sit. I'm going to invite Don Basel, um, Larry Sewell, uh, and Randa Ken. Uh, if you all will make your way on up here. And yeah, bring your stool right up here uh, on the stage um, so we can see you. And, uh, and we're going to have a little conversation up here, because I want everybody to hear some of these stories. Oop, here, I'll take that one for you. There we go. Yeah, 
This one's mine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> here you go. We'll come right up here. We'll just kind of sit in a line here. We'll make sure everybody's in the light. All right. Good, good, good. Head on up there. So, okay. Oh, I got to be in the middle? All right. Yes. Well, if I got to be in the middle, you got to hold the microphone then. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You guys will have to share that. So, um, welcome. Thanks for coming this morning, guys. Appreciate all y'all. Uh, hey, if we can do this uh, just uh, real quickly, um, if you guys would each take a moment, introduce yourself, and maybe just share uh, just real briefly how long you've been a part of uh, Lighthouse Community. So, Eris is like, <laughs> I guess I'm first. <laughs> My name is Larry Sewell. I was part of the, uh, the E-Free Church over at the other side of town for 20-some years and then have been here since the beginning, so about a little over four years. Yep. Hi, my name is Aris Mojica. We started coming up here uh, right before uh, COVID shutdown. Oh, you caused yep. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. so, yeah, been here a little over a year. <laughs> Good. Uh, my name's Randa Kin, and my husband and I started coming here right when this started, so about four years ago. My name is Don Basel. Uh, my wife and I were a part of the other church when we formed this one, and we've been here for the four years. Awesome. Good stuff. So um, so let's do this. Um, I don't know, maybe, uh, Larry, if you could you kind of take a moment, maybe just kind of describe the day briefly, just kind of give the church family a context of what happened yesterday, you know, kind of from the beginning to the Okay, well, the first thing I noticed when I came in, there were a lot of people who I didn't know. There were people from Bluffton that I did know, people from here, people from the other campus, and then there were these people from these seven other churches. And so uh, we were about 80 people here, and then we did a brainstorm session about a, a passage from Scripture where Jesus sent out the, uh, the 72 and kind of took notes about what he told them to do and what he told them not to do. And then um, we did a little training of the three circles, and then uh, we, we kind of lined up. And so we, we tried to put somebody from a local and somebody from far away together because the people from Columbus don't know Finley. And then we tried to put a person that's done this before with people who maybe hadn't done it before. So we had kind of somebody who has, had done this before on each team. And then uh, we, we took some maps, and we just went all over the city. Um, I heard of people in the trailer parks in this neighborhood and that neighborhood all over the place. And uh, we just kind of went door to door. Uh, sometimes, like in our case, we, we had some closed doors and we saw some people. So we just drove over there and parked and went and talked to them. And uh, we just talked to all kinds of people. There was no real kind of um, strategic plan. <laughs> we just kind of went to the city uh, and talked to many, many people uh, during the course of the morning. Yeah, um, and so, I mean, it's really, uh, there wasn't a lot of heavy prep on the front end. We just kind of like got together and went and did it. Um. It's remarkable, uh, just the, the three circles, how easy just a couple questions in those circles are to engage anybody in a, in a conversation. So here's a question. This is open to anybody. Um, what were like some, what were some feelings or some thoughts you had before you like you went out to pray with people and to meet with them? Like what, what was kind of going on in your heart or your mind or your spirit ahead of time? Um, coming in here, I was having some trepidations and some uh, uneasiness, but the lesson that we did uh, training really helped out a lot and just prayed. And, uh, you know, the harvest is truly plenteous and pray that there are laborers, so we don't need any gimmick. We just need to be there. So, yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Can I just say, by the way, your shirt looks really good today. I'm not sure what <laughs> I'm, it is. I'm cop cutting uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> 
Anyone else? What were some thoughts or feelings you had before uh, you went out to? I think most everyone who went out yesterday would have been uh, in prayer. Uh, March 27th had been on our calendar for quite a long time. And uh, a lot of us have been really looking forward to that. And so we'd been in prayer about a prayer for the Holy Spirit to be out in the community, working, opening hearts, uh, softening hearts to be ready to hear the gospel. Uh, but then it's like, whoa, this is, this is real now. This is the time where I'm going to be involved, and uh, how do I respond to this, and how's the Holy Spirit going to work? Uh, and, and you have to come to the realization that says, uh, we're just going to s- sow some seed. You know, just like the parable that Jesus uh, told about the, the, the spreading seed out, some of it takes, some of it falls on uh, uh, good soil, some on the, the hard, rocky soil. Uh, and, and it's not us to, up to us mm-hmm. to try to be the, the uh, sower who only finds the good soil. You know, you just, you're out there trying to do what you can. And so even I, I think the way you have to approach it is, even I can uh, do what Jesus not only recommended, he commanded that we do. And so it's, it's a command that we want to follow, whether we're comfortable with it or not. I'll just confess I was afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid every time like I go out to share the gospel, and then it's like you get into it, and it's like, oh, perhaps the Holy Spirit is involved in this. And yeah, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Larry's always thinking about what dogs am I going to find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so what's, uh, maybe if somebody wants to share kind of just maybe a meaningful story, something that happened when you were out yesterday, um, maybe just something cool or, yeah, I'm looking at you. Oh, <laughs> so yesterday was my first experience going out, and evangelism is, I know, is not my gift. But, um, again, willing heart, I know that we're commanded to do this sort of thing. And so we went out, and it was, it was a bit... Um, discouraging at first because we knocked on a lot of doors and nobody answered and we'd already rounded kind of a block and maybe got halfway and finally we had somebody who opened the door and stepped out and um, just really engaged with my husband too and speaking with him Um, and you could tell that he was really interested um, his wife did not seem so interested and was seemed to be a little bit annoyed by um, some of the conversation going on. But, and also, like, he wanted to, like, engage more, I think. And Brian and him actually did exchange numbers. Um, and then he felt kind of maybe pulled back in by his wife, like, to help her because she had just come home with groceries and such. And But that was really encouraging to meet somebody who you could tell was felt that they had some sort of relationship with God but then kind of knew they weren't really living it in any way kind of yeah that's awesome other stories of encounters you guys had that kind of stuck out to you or memorable or yeah, we um, met with a uh, woman we went up and knocked on the door and she came out uh, probably 55 or so and um, she had lots of tattoos, and then she introduced uh, her wife to us. And then, uh, so we engaged her in conversation. The first thing we said was, is there, is there something we could pray with you about? And she said, 
you would pray with us? And I said, yeah, we, you know, we'll pray. And uh, Chrissy was leading the conversation, and uh, she said, yes, I, I just found out yesterday that I have ovarian cancer, and I'm ready to leave uh, here to go tell my children uh, so that they would know. And uh, next week I talked to the oncologist, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm looking at this woman thinking, man, her life has got a, just an enormous amount of pain and just uh, kind of loneliness and separateness. Uh, she's one of the 50,000 in our community far away from God. And so we, we did pray with her. And then afterwards, uh, Chrissy said, can I show you a picture? And she drew the picture, or she actually had drawn the picture of the three circles before, and she walked through, um, you know, basically the gospel. And this woman had said, oh, I'm, I'm a believer. I pray every day, and I read the Bible every day. And usually when people say that, they really don't. Um, I think she's probably pretty far away from God. And uh, after we got done, she got done sharing the gospel, the woman said, can I have that card? I'd like to have that. Mm. Okay, so we, we gave her the card, and uh, it was a really nice, cordial conversation. But I keep thinking of her face. You know, this is a, a woman who is facing cancer alone. And the day, she, you know, the, the day after she finds out that she has cancer, she also finds out that there's eternal hope. Yeah. And so uh, she didn't make a decision there, but I tell you, she, uh, she grabbed that card quick, and she was really engaged in the discussion of who Jesus was and uh, what eternal life was about. Any other stories kind of stick out to you as, as memorable or meaningful? Go ahead, Don. Yeah, a couple things. I guess, um, first of all, Rand, evangelism is not a spiritual <laughs> gift. It's a command. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have that gift. We, we are commanded. To, so, so if any of you think you're out of, out of the woods, nope, nope. Jesus says, all of you go. So, uh, but uh, a couple things, uh, I think about the, the lady who we saw coming around the, the, the side of the house as we were getting ready to knock on the door, and she asked if we could help, if she, we, she could help us, and we said, well, we're here to just pray in the neighborhood. She came on over, she was carrying a box, and she put the box down, came over, and she said, I appreciate if you didn't knock on the door, my mom's in there, and my dad just died two weeks ago. And uh, we're kind of cleaning out things today. And uh, we said, well, we just wanted to pray for anybody in the neighborhood. And she said, I'd sure appreciate that. So we prayed with her. And, uh, you know, she, her, her father was a pastor. So she clearly knew the gospel. But she was so happy that someone was out praying for the neighborhood and was able to uh, understand that there are people who love and care in the world. And another lady who, uh, we talked to her, a uh, very strong Christian woman. She, want, she The first lady we didn't get to share the, the gospel message with because she really said, you know, I've got to get back in there with mom. The second lady, and, and this is a, uh, after several knocks on the door and talking to other people, uh, this, this lady was a sixth grade teacher and a strong Christian lady, it appeared, uh, but she said, well, yes, uh, you can pray for something. I'm a sixth-grade teacher. <laughs> she said. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> so we prayed with her. We shared the, the uh, gospel message of the three circles, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And uh, it, it's one where she wanted that card, too. She said, you know, I can use this. And I think that's a lot of what we found was that people who... Uh, who have never been able to share the gospel with friends, family, relatives who who they just 
don't know how to talk to them. This gave us gave them a tool to be able to be able to uh, to be able to witness to people. So I think that's a lot of what we learned. We we had uh, out of those forty or so teams that went out yesterday, we had about a hundred and ten or hundred and eleven people that we prayed with. Mm-hmm. We had uh, some eighty five or ninety times that we were able to share the gospel message. We had thirteen people come to faith yesterday. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was just uh, it was a fabulous day and to say, well, I want to be the one who shares that message that they come to faith. That's not for us to decide. That's mm-hmm. up the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and I think what's exciting about that is uh, all those 13 people, we've got their contact information, and people are set up to begin having conversation with them, following up, right? Like real legitimate discipleship, more than pray a prayer, good luck to you, later skater. Uh, but instead, let's walk together, let's show you who this God who loves you very, very deeply. Um, hey, quick question. Um, we're, uh, so there's, there, I imagine there's people um, here this morning, maybe some that are joining us online, uh, who think, listen, um, that's great for you guys. You guys are like extrovert superheroes uh, who can, you know, like go out into communities and bother people on their day off uh, and, you know, not feel any qualms about it. But for me, um, I could never go out and share the gospel with people I don't know. It's definitely not door to door, definitely not going out to a park and, and asking people stuff. Um, I don't know, what would you say to somebody who's kind of like in that category right now going like, you're really different from me. I couldn't do what you're talking about. That's impossible. I'm going to answer that real quick. Uh, Prior to coming in here, you know, I had my anxiety and I had my troubles. And despite all that, I thought, Lord, Lord, this would be a chance for me not to dwell on my problems, but, you know, see how big you are and uh, expect the work that you can do for me, that you will work through me. So went in there and just kind of prayed about it, and just a big blessing after, you know, after got home, and just had a big smile on my face. That's awesome. I love that. What a reminder of how big my God really is. That's awesome. Love it. I echo that a lot, because I am, for me, it would be very easy to just not check the box and not do this or whatever. Um, so for me, it's just purely obedience. Because, as you can see, I'm very awkward. I don't. <laughs> I'm very introverted. I'm not. I don't want to put myself out there or draw attention in any way. We actually had to threaten her to come and be a part of this. That's a. I have the spiritual grips of threatening people to do things. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's out of a step of obedience, you really sense yeah. God. Like, I want to share this story. I want to. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. And just you know, I do have a love for people and I like getting to know new people but it is draining to me too so but it's just obedience yeah yeah I think so and and really doesn't the kingdom come down to that yeah this is a, just an easy thing if you've never done this before uh, what I would suggest you do is come to one of the gospel conversations training uh, it would be like a 45 minute time slot and just hear uh, how it's done it's really really simple you know it starts with just asking a question of a person you know do you think you're close to God or far away you know after you pray with somebody you know can we pray for you most people say yes they're really they're actually really uh, pleased that you ask them to pray with them you know are you close or far away from God and typically people aren't even sure that's a surprising question they're also they they hesitate a minute and they wonder and then uh, you do the three circles and generally people are really interested in that too 
Um, I've only had, I, you know, sometimes people don't want to talk to you, you just go to the next house. But, you know, nothing ever bad has really happened when I've shared the gospel with anybody. It's really crazy. Nobody died yesterday. Nobody got hurt. No dogs bit anyone. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, yes. yes. But, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're curious, what I would do is go to a gospel conversation training, uh, spend 45 minutes and see if it's something you might want to try. Well, if I can jump in here, so just in, in light of, uh, of, our, of our kids um, and our volunteers, we want them to continue to volunteer, uh, so we're going to kind of start to land this conversation a little bit. Don had mentioned earlier about the three circles. Um, would you, Don, would you have time like after the service, if there are some people who are willing to stick around, you could kind of walk us through the three circles? Sure. So if you're interested, because maybe you're going three circles, I don't even know what you're talking about. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. Meet up here by the cross and in literally in like seven Seven minutes, maybe less than that, Don can walk you through and give you a really practical tool on how to share the gospel really plainly and really creatively with people that's actually very engaging and inviting. It's not like, you know, Rah! it's actually like, oh, we love you. Um, so, you know, which I think the seconds is better than the first. So um, I just kind of throw, uh, throw that out to you. And, and so here's what I would say to this team, um, and there were others out there as well who were a part of this, um, just thank you. Thank you for choosing to invest your time yesterday in this way. Thank you for loving our city. Thank you to those of you who were here yesterday loving your city. Those who wanted, some of you guys were praying uh, while we were out. Thank you uh, for doing that and being a part of that. And so as Don shared, uh, we prayed with 111 people. 87 people got to hear the gospel. 13 people said yes to Jesus Christ. And so you have got God working in Hancock County, clearly. And so we are really, really grateful for that. Um, could we just take a moment and do two things? Can we celebrate God and can we thank this team that went out yesterday into our city to, to share the gospel with people. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate you. Good stuff. Thanks, Harris. Oh. <laughs> Randa said, nobody's going to carry this stool down for me. What's going on here? <laughs> good, good. Hey, we're going to kind of land this plane this morning. Uh, really grateful for you guys being here. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, let me give you just a simple way that you can help other people discover Jesus. Uh, listen, this Sunday is, is, I think Jeff or, or maybe Josh had mentioned, this Sunday is Easter Sunday. And there's just, uh, I mean, this is one of the most open times people are to having spiritual conversations. Very, very open to invitations uh, to church as well. And so let me encourage you this. Uh, man, make an invite. Make an invite uh, this week and then ask somebody to join you to be a part of worship uh, next Sunday. Maybe it's on campus, or maybe you have a friend who's like, hey, listen, I would go, but I'm just not ready to meet in large crowds. Maybe you could host like uh, a house party um, next Sunday morning at your house. Says, hey, we're going we're gonna to live stream from our house. You hang out over here, and we'll, uh, we'll enjoy this, you know, we'll engage the service, and then we'll talk about it afterwards and see what God does in that. But uh, listen, uh, God could use your invitation to change the lives of other people. Did you know that? God could actually use your invitation to change the lives of other people. That's my story. I don't know if you knew that. I was not raised in a Christian household. Right? I was actually raised in a, in a really broken home and some, some significant challenges uh, growing up. And my story is that my friend Andy actually invited me to go to church with him uh, one night. And so I went. And I thought, these people aren't half bad, uh, you know? <laughs> and I was like mid-late 90s, and they all dressed weird, but that's okay. You know, it was the mid-late 90s. <laughs> Parachute pants were cool. Uh, <laughs> maybe not that late. Uh, but uh, listen, you know, I went, and, and, and nice people, and so I just kept going for like six months. Do you know what drew me for the first six months? They loved me. That's it. They loved me. 
I was a poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks who always smelled like smoke and showed up at church. That's who I was. And they just kept loving me. And after being there for six months, one night, it was a Thursday night, I heard the gospel with amazing clarity. Not that they didn't teach it the previous six months, but that night I heard it. And I recognized that I needed Jesus to be the forgiver and the leader of my life. And I said yes that night. And he has radically, profoundly transformed my life for the last 20 plus years. And it began. It began, right? One of the things that God used was an invitation. God could transform the lives of your family members, your friends, your coworkers, people you know, strangers, with an invitation. Something as simple as an invitation. Listen, Jesus loves his world. And he's chosen his church to be the ones who share the greatest news ever to be shared, right? And so, man, let's invite people into it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We, we close every time together just asking a simple question, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me through this passage? What are you saying to me through this message? And we just listen. Father, we, we thank you. We say thank you for Jesus. We, see, we say thank you for uh, redemption. We say thank you for second chances and third chances and fourth and, and 77th chances. We know we are not worthy. We know we'll never be worthy of the great gift you've given to us. So we're humbled. We're humbled before the great king in all of his generosity, in all of his love, in all of his justice, in all of his mercy, in all of his grace would pay the price owed by us. And then you don't even give us a blank slate. You don't even do that. You actually credit our account to the max. Like it just keeps overflowing. And we're adopted as sons and daughters, heirs of the king, brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. Thank you. <laughs> and I pray for any of my friends here this morning that have not crossed that line yet, that they would hear your Holy Spirit inviting them to say yes, that life finds real meaning, real power, genuine purpose. We begin living as we were always created to live when we live in relationship with God. And I pray that they would hear that and there would be a resounding yes in their spirit and a resounding yes from their mouths and their lives. And may we as a church, as a family, share the gospel with great joy and expectation and help people learn how to say yes to you for the rest of their lives. We worship you, King Jesus, and we ask these things in your grace. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.